Next on BYU Sports Nation, holy Toledo, how did BYU football lose in the glass city? More importantly, how do the Cougars fix it? Was the loss of Zach Wilson bigger than the loss to Toledo? Plus, are the Cougars still on schedule for at least seven wins this season? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, September 30th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who was planning on buying a Mozart painting? Jerem Jordan. Okay, so the Chiefs beat the Lions on the road yesterday. Okay. And in the locker room, late, great comeback, you know, under a minute to go. <laughs> Andy Reid in the locker room <laughs> says, not all of Mozart's paintings were perfect. Uh, what? At this point, it's like, wait, what's going on? The end result, though, that sucker's going to sell for a million dollars. Everyone's like, Woo! And there were a couple Woo! guys looking around like, Mozart? I didn't know Mozart was a painter. Wait, what? Yeah, so... Oh, he our, painted the music sheets. Our guy, uh, Andy Reid. Yeah, lo- we love Andy, but yeah. You know, he's excited. <laughs> what was the name of the guy that caught the ball on the three-yard line? I think his last name was Pringle. Because Andy Reid oh, also said... I think said, it was Hingle McCringleberry. Oh, he yeah. said that guy was three yards away from having a serious uh, lucrative chip contract. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he got hammered. Man. Oh, my goodness. Well, uh, when you find the Mozart painting, let us know. Because we're uh, interested Maybe. buyers as well. Yeah, that, well, that would be a uh, niche uh, purchase there for sure. <laughs> Here's today's show lineup. ESPN's Trevor Maddich will join us for another Maddich Monday. Is he more encouraged or discouraged after BYU's loss? And what's Jaron Hall going to do in a couple of weeks in South Florida? Plus, we track BYU's opponents. How are things stacking up for BYU as they push towards progress? Seven, eight wins. Is eight wins still possible? And revisiting Kalani Satake's post-game comments. Here is your initial visit to Monday's BYU Sports Nation headlines. If you missed it on Saturday, well, BYU football loses at Toledo 28-21. The Cougars led by double digits in the third quarter. Wide receiver Micah Simon, frustrated post-game undoubtedly, told me what really cost the Cougars. Yeah, there's no there's no one play. There's no one player um, on who this game's on. We, um, the first half, we uh, we were moving the ball and, and could not sustain drives and could not score touchdowns. And um, that's something that definitely hurt us. BYU football moved the ball plenty from 20 to 20, but the inability to finish drives really hurts. Sophomore quarterback Zach Wilson also hurt. Left the game very late in the fourth quarter with an injury to his thumb. Jaron Hall expected to start against USF on October 12th after the bye week. Big news. We'll discuss it coming up. Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Van Noy led the Patriots with six tackles, two sacks, a tackle for loss, and a 16-10 win over the Bills. Taysom Hill had two carries for 16 yards and a Saints win against the Cowboys. Trucking fools. And Michael Davis had his first career NFL interception in a Chargers 20-point win over the tanking Dolphins. Uh, Yeah, and that's one way to put the Dolphins. (laughs) Miami Dolphins. They're so bad. The women's soccer team at BYU continues an improbable, undefeated streak with a very entertaining win over UC Irvine 4-2, which brings us to our stat of the day. 
It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Jerem Jordan called the 10th victory of the season on Saturday night. And now BYU is the only team undefeated and untied in NCAA women's soccer. A perfect record. Nobody else can say that. Oregon State loss. BYU uh, right there. Crazy game, by the way. If you watched it on BYU TV, it was insane. Five yellow cards, two penalty kicks, four goals. On the second half. It's crazy. BYU moves up to number five in the top drawer soccer rankings. And still fifth as of now, waiting for the new coaches poll. Perhaps they'll move up to fourth. We'll see. Peter Quest had a tournament record at the William H. Tucker Intercollegiate with a score of 16 under. Mm-hmm. He broke the previous record, which had been set by Tim Heron, who went on to play on the, P- on the PGA Tour 27 years ago. In 92, Cougars took second in the tournament. It's the real quest for perfection. Mm-hmm. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. No way around it. What happened in the glass city with BYU at Toledo is a hot mess. The Cougars had plenty of opportunities to win a game that they ultimately lost to drop to 2-3. and three. But was it a bigger loss losing the actual game on Saturday, or is the loss of Zach Wilson more influential? Jerem, what do you think? Probably the loss of Zach Wilson. Unless Jaron Hall picks it up and BYU goes on a little win streak here, then we'll say, well... Then it was the loss to Toledo because BYU went on to win. So we'll see a little bit. But I think it is the loss to Zach Wilson. Although the loss to Toledo, uh, we thought this was kind of a sneaky game, but a game that BYU should go and win. And I think BYU should have won this game. Uh, That injury, by the way, to Zach Wilson, he's out for at least the South Florida game, if not much more. Still undetermined and unannounced as to how long he is out. Uh, But Jaron Hall becomes the guy. The BYU offense has struggled. Perhaps this is positive in some way. I'm not, I'm not one of the people saying bench Zach Wilson. I know there's a camp out there that's saying, hey, let's mix it up. I don't think Zach Wilson is the primary issue right now. I think missing two field goals was an issue. I think uh, you know, third and short was tough. I think being plus two, turnover margin losing is tough, right? BYU's offense right now has issues, and, and that's the main issue with BYU. 25th worst in scoring, 90th in the country in total low, 10th worst rushing offense. 39th in passing is good, although some of that has come in we're behind late in the game situations. 78th in yards per play. It certainly was a disappointing loss to Toledo, although this is a good quality team. We told you that all last week. But losing Zach Wilson will be different. Jaron Hall had a good spring. We expect him to come in and play well against South Florida, a team that stinks. I think BYU should go down and win that game. That could be a game where we're still waiting for this offense to wake up. BYU hasn't scored 28 points in regulation yet. What? Five games in. Oh, the schedule's hard. Who chooses the schedule? BYU does. Wake up. Let's go. The bigger loss is Zach Wilson because everybody put stock in, well, now BYU's going to win some big games. They beat Tennessee. They beat USC. BYU's finally going to turn the page against their rivals and beat Boise State, maybe go to Logan and beat Utah State with Zach Wilson in play. I'm not worried about Jaron Hall beating South Florida. I think South Florida is terrible. And it's advantageous that BYU has two weeks to prepare for the Bulls. And BYU's going to go down there, and with not much tape on Jaron Hall, he's going to be able to do some things. Like, nobody's really seen Jaron Hall. That's to a disadvantage for USF. But... What happens after that? Now Boise State's got some tape on Jaron Hall. And Utah State's going to have some tape on Jaron Hall. But a bye week is sandwiched between Boise State and Utah State. BYU plays two games in the next four weeks. This is a perfect time to have an injury, if you're going to have one, for Zach Wilson. To another notable player. BYU can't keep their studs on the field. 
if you okay, let's be honest. You could argue that the three best players on this BYU team are not playing. Zach Wilson, Tyson Williams, and Zane Anderson on defense. Three those really are big, those are big good losses. players. We still haven't seen Chris Wilcox and uh, Troy Warner, among others, right? We're seeing limited time with Isaiah Kafusi. Chaz Ayu, by the way, played in that game a little more. What a play. Unfortunately, BYU turns it over the next play, but... The bigger loss is Zach Wilson, it is, and I'm concerned because of what BYU has coming up on the schedule. I, I felt confident that BYU would win at least one of the two rivalry games. I don't know now. I don't know, and I'm not going to expect Jaron Hall to come in and beat a Boise State team that's ranked in the top 15 yeah. and win in Logan when BYU's lost back-to-back games to the Aggies and compete with their really good quarterback, Jordan Love. It, that's, that's a high expectation. So I'm concerned. I, I feel confident that BYU could win one of those games if Zach Wilson were still playing. A note on Zach Wilson's injury, by the way. So he tries to prevent a score with tackle. He was successful in doing so. He prevented the direct result. But the, At what the cost? Pick, the pick was the issue and the cost is high, right? Topic two, what one thing could BYU have done better that could have changed the outcome at Toledo? How about convert on third and short? BYU's numbers converting on third down and short... <laughs> have been an abomination, and I, I don't want to undersell that. BYU on third and one or less could not convert a first down in two critical moments well, against there were, Toledo. There were two false starts on third and one. Two false starts <sighs> and, and back-to-back weeks from Matt Bushman. What? The tight end? False start? I, the left guard's one thing, right? Bush, Bushman's better than that. Two for seven on third and four or less in the game against Toledo. But the sure. bigger issue, Jerem, BYU now five of 16 on third and three or less over the season? No bueno. What in the world is happening on third and short? Is it time to change things up? Is it time for BYU to go under center and try and use that big physical offensive line, especially against well, a team well, yeah, like where Toledo where they yeah. can use their speed to attack you on the edges. But sure. it, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I wish I did. But logic would suggest, well, maybe it's time to change things up and let your downhill runners, because Tyson Williams is not there to attack the edge, just run downhill behind a big physical offensive line. My number one issue with the Toledo game is that Jake Oldroyd missed two field goals. Now, he was not feeling well this week, and that certainly played an issue. But if you're going to play, you've got to go make those field goals. He was 10 of 11 coming into the game. He uh, misses those two. Those are big. Let's walk through what they could have meant. If he makes both in the second quarter, BYU's up 13 to 3. Hefo's touchdown would have made it 20 to 3. What happens with the Toledo offense at that point? They start passing the ball a little more. And they weren't that good throwing the rock, right? Instead, it's 7 3, it becomes 14 3, but Toledo still has that great third quarter, 220 yards of total low, 11 points in the third, outscored BYU 14 0 in the fourth. Okay? Other notes, third and short, you mentioned. Three penalties for 20 yards on third down, by the way. Also, BYU's plus two in turnover margin and loses the game. You can't lose a game when you're plus two. And what's up with BYU turning the ball over and it leading directly to a score or to the two-yard line? What's up with that? Um, Two against Utah, one against Washington, and then in this game, the game-winning score is an interception. BYU being aggressive. I don't fault BYU for being aggressive with 110 left. BYU couldn't probably kneeled it out and gone to OT, which has actually been how BYU's won their two games this year. But I... I liked the move to be aggressive, but unfortunately it led to a pick and a return all the way down to the two. Ugh. And even then, BYU gets the ball to the 40, has a shot, 
Jaron Hall's got to keep that Hail Mary throw inbounds, right? What did Tanner Mangum do? He kept the throws inbounds that gave yourself a chance. And unfortunately, BYU continues to go to the Eastern time zone, play a team that's probably going to end up with a winning record. Might win the MAC And loses. Um, that has been a situation that has yielded a loss, Ugh. and we've chronicled it, 1-17 in 17 since 82, Eastern time zone team on the road, winning record. We'll see if Toledo has a winning record. They will. And then it will be 1-18. Six of the seven interceptions that Zach Wilson has thrown as a BYU quarterback have been in his own half of the field. Not all turnovers are created equally. Zach, you're, in your, you're on the positive side. You can throw an interception now. That would be acceptable <laughs> on this side of the oh. field. It just, yeah, it's frustrating. Yes, devastating turnovers. That yeah. trend continues yep. for BYU. Fatal. And I, I don't mind BYU being aggressive, but honestly, with that changeover, Toledo was dropping eight the whole way. So maybe not try and throw as deep down the field. I don't know, a five-yard hitch, something that gets your receiver out of bounds. Dink and dunk and then try and kick a field goal and win the game. Well, BYU perhaps wasn't feeling confident in its ability to make a field goal after going over for two. Oh, yeah, That's yeah, one thought. Yeah. yeah. And at hindsight is twenty twenty, but I I'm with you. I would typically err on the side of aggression because BYU wants to score points. This is an offense that BYU's Jeff Grimes said we want to score fifty a game. Average twenty two right now. Average twenty twenty two is bad. Yeah. On to topic three, Jerem. Schedule with the loss at Toledo, BYU drops to two and three. And they now face USF, followed by a home game against Boise State, another bye. Then at Utah State before three games BYU absolutely should win, and mm-hmm. then they finish the season against San Diego State. Yeah. Are the Cougars at two and three still on pace for seven wins in yeah. the twenty nineteen season? Absolutely. In the regular season? Seven Ab- regular season wins. Absolutely. There's those three guaranteed, right? Those are Liberty, Idaho State, UMass, complete disrespect to those teams. Normally you'd say, no disrespect. I'm saying disrespect. BYU will win those games. Okay. They'll get to five wins. Where are the other two coming? Uh, Boise State right now, you'd have to pencil in a loss. I think BYU could still upset Boise State. I'm not off the th- – this BYU and Boise State is BYU and Gonzaga in hoops, where you're like, you know what? We match up with those guys. I know they're always ranked. They're always good. But uh, if you blind resume, I would say no. You don't match up, right? But, but you look at the results and how those have played. Bill Riley probably thinks it's not competitive. Whatever. One point losses. <laughs> then, then you look at Utah State. Now, this one's kind of a pick em. This one's interesting. I think BYU could go up to Logan and win that game. Jordan Even with, with Jaron Hall at quarterback. Perhaps. We'll see. We'll see how he does. But I'm confident that BYU could uh, compete in that. And then San Diego State doesn't have much of an offense. Pretty good defense. I think BYU can win that game. So all you're looking for is, you know, uh, just a couple of those somewhere, right? I think seven's possible. And seven is like the minimum threshold for like step forward, sort of, right? If BYU gets an eighth win in a bowl game, we can go, okay, you went from seven to eight, nice. I was hoping for eight in the regular season with this group. And after you beat Tennessee and USC, I thought, okay. But then you look at, okay, a play here, a play there. This, is, this, this group's 0-5 right now. I mean, we're, we're this close. But BYU made winning plays, got that done, great Great wins, right? I don't at Tennessee. I don't care if they win this all year, right? They won the one game. I, I don't care if they win this all year. Nice win, right? Awesome, amazing experience for everyone that went. USC stormed the field, ranked team, extremely talented. All the recruits, all good. I expect BYU to win seven games in the regular season. Beating USC was a positive. That pushed it up awesome. to oh, maybe BYU can win eight games, eight or nine. <laughs> nine. Losing to Toledo brings BYU back a step. They're right where I thought they would be after five games. Two and three. Yeah, yeah we thought this. Two and three. 
It just stinks sitting here in the moment when it's like, oh, it's very winnable. Come on. You're up 14-3 in the third. Because you had one of those surprising wins. You beat USC, and, and now the expectations loss. shift. Yeah. They're 2-3, and three, right where I thought they would be after five games. I think they will beat South Florida. I think they will beat Liberty, UMass, and Idaho State. Those are six wins. And there's one more win somewhere oh, yeah. in there, at least, sure. between San Diego State, Utah State, and Boise State. If not two, we'll see. Could you, BYU I, still win eight games? Yes, yeah, still, yes. I would feel yes. way more comfortable saying that if Zach Wilson were still the quarterback. Yeah. But I'm not going to heap that expectation on Jaron Hall. I can't do it. No, just go and you have a week, and, and this is perfect for Jaron Hall. You have a bye week, and then you have South Florida. Beat South who's, Florida, gain some confidence. The worst team. It's like the fourth, they're like the fourth worst team on BYU's schedule. Yeah. So let's go. There you go. We think BYU is still on pace for seven regular season wins. Perhaps you feel differently. Hashtag BYUSN. And also you should answer our question of the day with that hashtag. Does the loss to Toledo or the loss of BYU quarterback Zach Wilson to injury hurt more? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At D. Scott Lucas, losing Zach Wilson is pouring salt in the painful wound that is losing to Toledo. Jaron Hall will do just fine, but BYU will miss Zach no matter how long he's out. Next man up. And Jaron Hall had a tremendous spring. It's a guy that BYU is trying to have been working in some capacity. And uh, it's too bad that this injury happened in Game 5 and not Game 4 because if, if it was Game 4, BYU could have talked about a redshirt depending on the severity of the injury. We, again, it's unannounced and undetermined how long he's out officially. Um, hopefully it's not a ton of time, but... Injured thumb, if, it, if it's broken, if it's, I don't know what else it could be, right? Um, we know he's in a soft cast at this point. Uh, hopefully he has a speedy recovery and gets back soon. All right, hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to answer our question of the day. Coming up, going for two picks. Did I extend my lead of five? And ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the wheel of accountability and where the loss squarely falls when it comes to BYU football. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Breakdown Cougar football. What happened at Toledo with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon tomorrow on After Further Review, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on the BYU TV app with a rebroadcast on BYU TV Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific. Win or lose, we are live in Studio B on a Monday with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play alongside Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. We welcome in ESPN College Football Insider, BYU National Champion Trevor Maddich for another Maddich Monday on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Trevor, Welcome back to the program. We've been discussing this morning, what's the bigger loss, BYU to Toledo or Zach Wilson out at quarterback? Well, I think Zach Wilson being out is a real problem. The loss to Toledo was foreseeable, but we don't know how long Wilson will be out. And not only do they lose his presence on the field for any games that he misses, they interrupt his development because he has been a a terrific gamer a guy who is a a really good thrower, a baller, but the development at the craft of quarterbacking is a perishable thing. And being interrupted now is is not good. He's certainly had his moments, and so is the BYU offense, yet BYU is uh, 
Fifth worst in scoring, 90th in total offense, 10th worst in rushing offense. Passing's been fine at 39th. Granted, BYU's trailed in some games and had some openings there. But what do you have to say about the BYU offense and kind of where they can go because it's certainly not been numerically what they've wanted up to this point? Yeah, I don't know that we can get a, a fair evaluation of the offense yet. I think after the bye, when they go to um, South Florida, they'll have a, a better opportunity to show what they can be, especially in the running game, because of the schedule. I mean, Utah has the deepest defensive line in the nation and one of the best in the nation. It, it's Very few people are going to be able to run the ball on them. Tennessee uh, is an SEC team on their home field, and BYU had to deal with the you know, 100,000 people or so in those stands, make it so they couldn't hear the snap count and fire off the ball. You know, USC has got some, some NFL guys on their D-line, and Washington's even better than that. So I think when you, you have those games and then bring it into a Toledo game where you're kind of beat up from all that, it's kind of hard to say how good this offense can really be. I think once they get a week of rest, uh, we'll be able to evaluate it more. So, you know, I'm encouraged by the possibilities. I think they've done some good things. I think execution needs to be better in several areas. But once they get in now the, the middle third of the season, uh, I'm very interested to see how they'll perform with fresh legs. Trevor, the wheel of accountability is always an interesting conversation. So who takes the majority of the accountability of why BYU lost this game, in your opinion? I think, really, Utah, Tennessee, Washington, USC. I don't want to make excuses here, but BYU doesn't have the depth of Power 5 teams when they play on that level. It's not BYU's fault. It's the nature of recruiting. They're able to get really good starters, but Power 5 schools, by the nature of where they play, are able to recruit more of those guys and have better depth. That means in practice as well as in games that they're able to give some of their guys a little bit of rest. And no other team in the nation faced four powers five schools like BYU did to start the year, uh, certainly not four of the caliber that BYU played. And so when you combine those two things, you get to Toledo, at Toledo, against a very, very good offense, a team that a lot of people are picking to win the MAC. And I don't think we saw BYU with their full capability. I think they gave everything they had. I just don't think they had as much to give as they would have had had they played them in the second or even third week of the season in the midst of that Power 5 run. That's why I'm saying that you evaluate three things. You evaluate effort, you evaluate execution, and you evaluate um, effectiveness. And I think in the effort it was there. I think the execution and the effectiveness were eventually – a casualty, especially at the end of, of, of having this game be too close because they weren't able to pull away. Trevor, is it as simple as BYU wins this game if Tyson Williams is playing for the Cougars? It might be, but at the same time, BYU probably wins this game if they can make a field goal, 40-yard field goal. You know, they had, they had a couple of the 39 and the 42 that they missed, and I don't want to blame the kicker, uh, but, you know, you can point to a lot of individual plays that you could say, hey, that, that there was the problem. I mean, what would have happened if they would have gotten a few more third-down conversions, especially on third and short? You know, there are a lot of plays that could have swung this thing. But when you're not converting on third and short too often, very often that's because of tired legs. That's dead legs. And that, these are things that, you know, it's, it, I, think, I think it's 
as I watched that game, I was frustrated by the effectiveness, but I knew what they were going through from the standpoint of their physical state, and I thought that they fought hard. No doubt BYU has had tremendous effort, has uh... – you know, won a couple games in overtime, made some winning plays there. Uh, if you look at the means, BYU is like this close from being 0-5, but are not, which is the good news. Um, yet, we, we look at that schedule, Trevor, and yes, BYU doesn't have the depth and, and can't overcome that injury. Isn't it predictable, though, and as an independent, that BYU could schedule in a way to challenge itself, but not over-challenge itself, perhaps? Because it appears that BYU has over-challenged itself just a touch. If BYU had uh, either a bye week or a group of five sandwiched between those first four, perhaps BYU would have had more depth and more legs. I don't know how you feel about it. Well, it is definitely a difficult schedule. And if they want to get to where they want to be, they have to play that schedule and then win because that will attract more recruits at a higher level. And really that's the way you get recruits to uh, a place like BYU that's not power five. In other words, in high enough quantity that you can rotate that depth through like a Power 5 school can. You've got to schedule that way, and then you've got to win. And when you win a few of them, then you start to attract another couple of guys that maybe you wouldn't have gotten before. Those guys help you win another one of those kinds of games. That brings in another one or two or three recruits that you might not have gotten before. And it's kind of a, a building process in that way. ESPN. And so I think, well, let me just, just finish this, that if BYU, the fact that they beat USC and they beat Tennessee, I think that helps, and I think that helps to put them on that kind of a trajectory because now BYU will be able to take recruits that are looking at Power 5 schools and say, look, we play a bunch of Power 5 schools. You can play a lot of Power 5 schools here. You can get to the NFL from here because they will see you perform against um, top competition and you have all the other advantages of BYU. So, you know, you, it is true that it's, it's really hard to get over that hump when you've got this kind of a schedule, but at the same time, you've got the opportunity there that once you do get over the hump, then you can, you can go to really good places. ESPN's Trevor Mattis with us on BYU Sports Nation. Well, the quarterback depth is going to be tested for BYU, and here comes Jaron Hall in two weeks for a game against a South Florida team that, quite frankly, just doesn't look very good. Like, not at all, Trevor. So what do you expect from BYU and specifically Jaron Hall when they go to Tampa and take on a down South Florida team in a couple of weeks? I thought Jaron Hall was impressive in that last drive. You know, he was a a backup that came in and – the most pressure-filled situation, and he got the team in position to be throwing the ball at or near the end zone (laughs) at the end. So I thought he completed three nice passes, and that's good. I love it that you know he's a center fielder in baseball because those guys tend to have live arms, and he showed he has a live arm. I think, though, that the game won't rely on his live arm in South Florida. I think with a week of rest, I think that BYU's offensive line will be able to assert themselves. And I think for the first time all year, you're going to see the potential that we've talked about during the preseason about this offensive line. They believe that they've got three guys that will be on NFL rosters in that group and good depth in that group of offensive linemen. And, you know, they, they, they held their own but didn't dominate for those first four games. I think they were a little beat down for the Toledo game, but we'll see who they really are against South Florida. And I kind of think BYU will kind of get angry and assert what they've wanted to assert all September but haven't been able to, and that is a physical dominant style. 
BYU sitting at two and three. Certainly, the hope is get to you know eight plus uh, wins this season. To me, eight is kind of the sign of it. The minimum threshold of a good team. You win two thirds of the game, you're good. Um, South Florida. That that is a game BYU can win. Boise State, a uh, a challenging one. That would be an upset at home, but one that's been pretty evenly matched over the years. Utah State's an interesting one, and then Liberty, Idaho State, and UMass is certainly uh, when BYU should get. San Diego State, kind of a pick'em. Do you feel like BYU's pacing for seven wins, eight plus? How do you feel about it? I think seven wins would be really good given the schedule. I think eight plus would be phenomenal. And, and again, you've got to look at the at what the schedule shaped up as, guys. If you were if you were told looking at that Utah game before the season started that BYU would finish the first four at two and two, what would you have thought? Oh, fantastic! We, we, we were ecstatic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you'd be dancing, you'd be eating green Jello in celebration. It would have been fantastic. It'd be just great stuff. That would happen right? regardless. Well, they did finish two and two. They did finish two and two, mm-hmm. and so. You know, I think that, that that alone already puts them in a really positive light. Now, Boise State and Utah State will be there defining games. If they're able to knock off Boise, oh boy, will that be awesome. But if they play them tough and then win at Utah State, still you've got a situation where they have held their own and more than held their own against the best of their schedule, teams that were ranked when they played them. And I think that's important to look at. Right now it feels ugly because a lot of people felt like BYU should have rolled into Toledo and easily pushed around the Rockets. But we talked about that last Monday, that this Toledo team is not not a cupcake. And I think that it feels worse than it is right now. And it's important to look at reasons why they lost to Toledo and correct those reasons. But at the same time, there's a lot of positives to build on. It's another Maddox Monday on BYU Sports Nation. Let's finish with this. Alabama, the new number one team. Clemson was tested at North Carolina. Oklahoma looks unbeatable. Ohio State looks unbeatable. Trevor, who's the best team in the nation right now? Ohio State. Ohio State. All of those teams have flaws. And all of those teams will be different a month from now based on how they grow through those flaws. But as I look at the tape, and again, not looking at strength of schedule, strength of record, not worshiping at the altar of the almighty spreadsheet and looking at all these different metrics, just looking at what I see on tape right now today. My tape study top four are Ohio State, number one, then Oklahoma, number two, Auburn, number three. Mm. Yep. And number four, I would say Clemson. Wow, no Alabama in the top four. four. Not yet, because their running game is not very good and their defense has too many young guys. Uh, I think that Alabama probably would be five or six right there with Georgia. Now, fourth spot, you could put any of those folks, but one, two, and three are definitely Ohio State, Oklahoma, and not Alabama, not Georgia, but Auburn at number three. Trevor, great stuff. We always appreciate the time and uh, certainly helping BYU fans look towards positive things in Tampa Bay in a couple of weeks. Yeah, there's a lot of positive. There really is. And I'm looking forward to this game because we'll, we'll see who they really are now after a week of rest. Thanks, Trevor. All right, thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Oh, he likes Auburn a lot. 
Wow. How about number that? three. No Bama in the top four. Wow. What, what have you it. done with Trevor Maddich? Love it. No, he always has an interesting take. I love it. Coming up, Kalani Satake's thoughts on the game at Toledo. And what happened to BYU's opponents that they'll face over the remainder of the season? We are tracking it all next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Can't watch or listen to BYU Sports Nation live at noon Eastern time. Fear not, download the podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, or Google Play, and enjoy On Demand. Also, don't forget to subscribe and review the show on iTunes. Here are your updated BYU Sports Nation headlines on a Monday. BYU football loses at Toledo 28-21. An early kick on Saturday didn't pan out well for the Cougars, who led by double digits in the third quarter and still lost. Sophomore quarterback Zach Wilson out with an injured thumb after he made a tackle in the fourth quarter following an interception, which means backup Jaron Hall expected to start against USF on October 12th after the bye weekend. Here we go again. The trend of backup quarterbacks for BYU and Independent starting at least one game continues. At some point today, we will know the kick time and TV for BYU at South Florida. Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Van Noy led the Patriots with six tackles, two sacks, and a tackle for loss in a 16-10 win over the Bills. Have a day. Taysom Hill had two carries for 16 yards in a Saints win against the Cowboys. And Michael Davis had his first career NFL interception in a Chargers 20-point win over the Dolphins. KBN had two forced fumbles as well in that game. Oh, very nice. I mean, just crazy. Thanks for adding that, yeah. Sheesh. Fifth-ranked BYU women's soccer continues an incredible undefeated streak with a wildly entertaining 4-2 win over UC Irvine. BYU is the only undefeated and untied team in the NCAA. Ten wins, no losses, no ties. The Cougars sit at number five in the new top drawer soccer rankings. And Peter Quest set a tournament record at the William H. Tucker Intercollegiate with a score of 16-under. He broke the previous record, which had been set by Tim Heron 27 years ago. In 1992, the Cougars took second in the tournament. It's a Monday tradition every fall on BYU Sports Nation. We're tracking Cougar opponents. How are the teams on BYU's schedule playing? Let's start with who BYU plays next. South Florida. SMU is now 5-0 thanks to a 48-21 win in Tampa. Bulls are 1-3, and, and they really stink. Play at UConn this weekend. Again, they stink. Number 16, Boise State enjoying a bye week, but not enjoying this news. The Broncos' leading tackler, Ezekiel Noah, out for the season after tearing his ACL and breaking his wrist on the same play in a win over Air Force. Yikes, heal up fast. Next up at UNLV this weekend, they're going to win that game. Utah State, the Aggies beat Colorado State in Fort Collins. It was in Logan, wasn't it? Or was it in Fort I thought it was in Fort well, I don't know where it is. Okay. I think it's in Fort Collins. Whatever. Okay. Okay. Accuracy has never been one of my strengths here. <laughs> 34-24, led by 179 yards on 36 carries by Gerald Brightly Beams, our father's mercy. The Aggies sit up Death Valley this weekend at fifth-ranked LSU. Whoa. That's a tough one. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Beat New Mexico 17-10. Buckshot Calvert threw for 306 yards, two touchdowns in a win. Coach Hugh Freeze looks to continue his conquest of the state of New Mexico. They travel to New Mexico State in Las Cruces. The game was in Logan, by the way. Good catch. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Idaho State, 2-2 two and two after a 51-24 drubbing of the Portland State Vikings, led by Matt Truck's five TD passes. The Bengals play at Montana this week. UMass, Jerem. In a battle of the two worst teams in college football, according to Tom Fernelli of CBS Sports. Seriously, they were number one and number two in his bottom 25 rankings. The Minutemen get their first win of the season, 37-29 over winless Akron. So at one and four, 
UMass hits the road to face Florida International this weekend. And San Diego State, still 3-1 after a bye week. They play at Colorado State. Now two past opponents. Utah bouncing back from the USC loss in a big way. They hammer Washington State 38-13. The Utes up two spots to number 17 in the AP poll, and they have a bye week. What did Michael H. call his team? Entitled, fat, dumb, and ugly or something? Entitled, fat, dumb, and happy. (laughs) What? (laughs) Wow. Tennessee, I want to be some of those things, but not all. Tennessee managed to lose again on the bye week as three players left the program and in, entered the transfer portal. Oh. The Vols host third-ranked Georgia this week. Oh, Speaking of a bad team. Oh. I feel bad for the Vols. It doesn't get easier. Uh, Washington is still really good. They double up USC 28-14 in Seattle. The Trojans fall to 3-2 after losing to the Huskies. They have a bye week prior to traveling to Notre Dame. While the Huskies, up to number 15 in the latest AP poll, they'll travel to Stanford and beat Stanford. Washington and Oregon, and still Utah, are the hopes out of the Pac-12. Cream of the crop there. Our question of the day, does the BYU loss to Toledo or the loss of BYU quarterback Zach Wilson to injury hurt more? At QTLadyAZ on Twitter says... The loss to Toledo. Momentum has always been a huge factor for BYU. Hoping Zach heals fully and that Jaron can bring some momentum, shifting belief to the game in Florida. Hashtag we back Zach. Hashtag uh, Raren for Jaron. Yeah. Uh, BYU is going to get its first win in Florida, by the way. Because they've never won in that state. You and I were there in 2014 at the Miami Beach Bowl when BYU lost. And then something happened after the game. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, but BYU's never won in Florida. It's going to take a team that's going to finish with a losing record. This will be the win. If BYU doesn't win at South Florida, they have massive issues. I think BYU has issues. I don't think they have massive issues right now. I think it's a few things here and there. The competition will ease up just a touch against USF and then a big game against Boise State. Coming up, Ziggy Ansah makes an impression in Seattle. And if you missed my conversation with Kalani Satake right after the loss at Toledo, we're taking you back to the glass bowl. Do we have to? Yes. (laughs) We have to. It is next. This is BYU Sports Nation. No, this is a choice we're making. Come on, man. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Breakdown Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and David Nixon. Tomorrow on After Further Review on the BYU TV app, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. There's a replay on Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific as well, and Saturday. Jerem, it's time by necessity that we recap our going for two picks. Results presented by Delta Airlines keep climbing as we welcome you back to Studio B. Now, just to get you caught up to date, Jerem, with a massive five-point lead at this point, 7-2. to two. Jason Shepard still uh, still has zero. That, that big you know, goose egg. It's on not the available. Board. He chooses not to play. I don't know why. I have no idea why. <laughs> okay, I'm going to recap my picks first. Hopefully, I got at least one of these. Pick one BYU will hold a double digit lead for the first time all year. Yeah! And then they lost. And then blew it. BYU took a 14-3 lead in the third quarter after Oleva Hifo, a la the bowl game against Western Michigan, cut back inside and went 75 yards for a touchdown. A la Trineman against Toledo. Oh, 75 oh, yards. Longest oh, play of the season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, that was nice. Uh, okay. What you didn't predict is that BYU would blow said double-digit lead. Oh. Oh. Come Pick on. Two. And I was feeling really good about this at halftime. Yeah. BYU will hold Toledo to under 150 yards rushing. Mm. 
Mm. Then the Rockets run wild in the third quarter. Yeah, BYU they... gave up 242 yards rushing to Toledo. They had under 70 yards rushing at halftime. Yeah, it was going well in the first half. It really was, except on offense. It was, one, uh, it was 7-3. One for two. Okay. Hey, pick one. Zach Wilson will throw two or more touchdown passes. Yay! Yeah, he did it. First, uh, first game where he did that, he had three going in, has five through five games. That's not great. Mm-hmm. And now he's an injured thumb, which is even worse. Okay. Pick two. Toledo will rush for fewer than 200 yards. <clears throat> Well, you said 150. I said 200. I thought 200 was ambitious. You were very, you were, you were uh, very ambitious. Oh. Yeah, we both get that one. So updated scoreboard. I'm up eight three. And J- Jason five. still has zero points. Still, still plus five. Yeah, it's early. It's almost halfway actually. So it's not often that I get to do a lengthy interview with Kalani Satake following a loss. That was the case on Saturday for BYU in that 28-21 setback to Toledo. If you missed it. Well, good news, or maybe not so good news. Here is that conversation. The head ball coach, Kalani Satake, with me at the Glass Bowl following the seven-point setback. And, Coach, uh, let's start here. I I know this is a very frustrating scenario because you felt like your team made enough plays defensively to win the game but just couldn't put up enough points. Where did this team ultimately fall short today? Well, I mean, all three phases, and so it's – uh, special teams, offense and defense, we didn't perform well enough, and uh, and coaching as well. So uh, that's that's on that's on me. But uh, you know, our guys played hard, and um, we just didn't make enough plays. Credit goes to Toledo for making the plays that they had to. They just made more plays than we did, and and that's a concern for me. I know that the wheel of accountability isn't always an interesting thing, and you're going to take credit for a loss as a head coach uh, because you know that that's what you you do as the leader. But when you look at your staff and some criticisms will come about play calling or execution. Where, where, where is it in terms of the execution level to where, where your team needs to be? And is that the factor into why you did not win this game? Well, I think, of course, you know, that's why we weren't able to get enough momentum and, and uh, be consistent. I think the key here is that we need to be more consistent and finish drives. And then on defense, we've got to get guys off the field. And uh, the inconsistent part, that's, that's my job. I got to, I got to get that done. And um, the boys are playing hard, you know, and they, they love playing in front of their fans that made the trip out here, and uh, it just wasn't good enough. And, and um, Toledo made some really good plays. I thought they played really hard. We knew they were going to be a tough team. They, they played uh, tight games against an SEC opponent in Kentucky, and so, this, you know, they had us at home. It was a tight game, but I thought we had some momentum earlier and, and uh, just weren't able to, you know, to, to build on it. And, and that's, uh, that's what i got to get done. But I, I think... Um, Whatever it is, we're going to evaluate everything and make sure that we perform a lot better for, for the game in South Florida. The third quarter, Mitchell Guadani, their quarterback, and their offense were able to get loose for over 200 yards. What happened to the BYU defense that allowed them to kind of start to find a rhythm? Yeah, I'm about to evaluate it. We were breaking down in the run game, uh, run defense, and so uh, just you know, I, that, that was uncharacteristic of what we were doing the entire game, but they were able to get some chunk yards and get some uh, throws on comebacks and things like that. And we made some some really dumb mistakes as a team too, and uh, that kept drives alive. Where where it was, uh, you know, these guys, the players keeping drive alive with the, with the penalties and things like that. And and uh, you know, whenever we caught a break, it seems like we were able to shoot ourselves in the foot. And that's like I said execution part. That's me, and and the guys are giving me their their, their effort, and uh, I'll get it fixed. How do you begin to address something like that when you mention the dumb plays or the frustrating penalties? How how does that get shored up? Well, everything. I mean, I, I think you, you evaluate all of it, and, and there's no one that's immune from getting criticism, myself included. And so 
uh, I'm, I'm looking at the whole gambit of it all and, and, and being able to you know evaluate everything from my decisions to the, the all the way down from the coaching staff to, to the to the players so uh, all that's being evaluated we got a bye week next week and looks like we'll be having a new quarterback for that next game so we got to be ready to go okay can you give us an update on uh, on Zach's thumb situation we noticed he was he was hurt and he was he was holding on to it so what's the status there well we don't know the exact timeline on on, on the injury but we know that um Looking like right now that, that Jaron Hall will be our quarterback when we go to South Florida. I don't know the details. We're still evaluating all that right now. Okay. So with two weeks, um, where do you begin preparation, getting a guy like Jaron Hall ready to go in two weeks and opening up a road game at South Florida? Well, he's got the right attitude and the want to. So the, for us, the desire and passion is there for the game. He, he's ready for this moment. He stepped in there you know, on the last drive and, and, and wasn't afraid of the moment. So uh, that's something we can build on. And so we got to build this offense to, to structure, and, and, and so the structure is on his, his advantages and his strengths, and then away we go. And, and, and if that means simplifying or changing some scheme things, then we'll do that. Aside from the quarterback, what's the number one priority for you for this team to get better moving forward? Stop the run on defense and um, stay consistent as a team. That that's, that's goes for all three phases. Coach, appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Kalani Satake, always the professional, always willing to step in and take the responsibility for BYU losing that game. I guess my question now is, what's number one? On, what's number one on his list after he's seen the film now? Yeah, I, I would hope it's to get this offense going. To I think if BYU was just decent on offense, they win that game. Yes, right? BYU struggled in simple situations. When you have multiple false starts in third and one, you have issues, and you can't convert on third and one. Two other times. Right. Sometimes you get stuffed. I'll give you that. But a procedural penalty on third and one, unacceptable. Unacceptable. Right? And Jeff Grimes, when he got here, uh, said as much. So they'll certainly work on that during the bye week. Okay. Coming up, one BYU assistant coach calls out Spencer in a good way. (laughs) And the quest for perfection continues, Jerem, on the links. BYU got another PGA guy in the making. This is BYU Sports Nation. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guest, ESPN's Trevor Maddich, and the, re- the revisit to my conversation with BYU football head coach Kalani Satake. Show's on demand via the podcast on the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU loses 28-21 at Toledo. Quarterback Zach Wilson left the game late in the fourth quarter with a thumb injury and will be out for at least the South Florida game. Cougars in the NFL. Kyle Van Noy does it again. Led the Patriots with six tackles, two sacks, two forced fumbles, and one tackle for loss in a 16-10 win over the Buffalo Bills. Quarterback Taysom Hill had two carries for 16 yards and an incredible truck stick play in a New Orleans Saints 12-10 win against the Dallas Cowboys. Michael Davis had his first NFL interception in the Chargers 20-point win over the Dolphins, and Ziggy Ons had five tackles and a sack in a 27-10 Seahawks win over the Cardinals. Soccer! The BYU women continue their undefeated streak with a 4-2 win over UC Irvine. BYU the only team with a perfect record in the NCAA. 10-0-0. The Cougars enter at number 5 in this week's top drawer soccer rankings. Golf at Santa Clara this week. Huge Woo! match Saturday. Peter Quest had a tournament record at the Bill H. Tucker Invitational <laughs> Intercollegiate with a score of 16 under. Wow. 
broke the previous record, which had been set by Tim Heron 27 years ago in 92, when your boy Ryan Hancock, also on the baseball mm-hmm. team like Jaron Hall, came in and was the quarterback. The Cougars took second in the tournament. Volleyball. Ninth-ranked BYU women's volleyball sweeping Portland on Saturday. McKenna Miller led the team with nine kills. The Cougars now 11-2 on the season. On the men's beat, Ben Patch and Team USA begin defense of their FIVB World Cup championship today in Japan against Argentina. Cougars in the major leagues. Taylor Cole pitched a scoreless inning for the Angels in the season finale. Cole hasn't given up a run in six of the last seven appearances to end the season. 2020 is the year for the Mariners and not the Orioles. (laughs) Cougars in pro hoops. Brandon Davies in FC Barcelona go 2-0 over the weekend. In Game 1, Davies had 11 points, 9 rebounds. In Game 2, he led the team with 24 points and 11 rebounds for a big-time double-double and a 95-87 win over Basconia. Basconia? Jimmer! Basconia sounds like the perfect name for a team or city. Jimmer Fredette went 3-5 of from beyond the arc for 13 points for Panathinaikos. He was the second-leading scorer on the team, which is absolutely unacceptable. Hockey. BYU beats Utah Valley 8-2 on Friday night. They lose to Utah State 7-3 on the ice on Saturday. The Cougars now 1-3 on the season. Cross country. And the sixth-ranked women's team took first at the Bill Dellinger Invitational over the weekend. The second-ranked men's team took second. And this just in, BYU at South Florida next Saturday will be on CBS Sports Network at 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific. Countdown live at 2.30 Eastern. So an earlier game. And on CBS Sports Network, we were thinking potentially ESPN+. Plus. It is on a linear terrestrial yes, TV channel. Yes, <laughs> Salami karate. D- Dylan, Dylan called it was like, can the BYU Sports Station guys call this game? Yes, we'll we're do always it. game, We'll baby. do it next time. Yeah. Today's rise and shout-outs. For me, Jeremy, I just mentioned it. Taysom Hill giving us the next great viral NFL highlight, running over a Cowboys defender in that Saints win last night. Mine goes to Eric Mateos. He sent a tweet out. Go uh, check it out about Spencer. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. Much appreciation to all of BYU Sports Nation uh, for your love and support in a, in a tough situation by family over the weekend. So thank Good you. Good to have you back. Well. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, Laura Fattis on Facebook answers. The BYU loss to Toledo hurts more. Losing Zach is manageable, not fun, but manageable. Okay. Well, we'll see with Jaron Hall. Sorry to Dennis Pitt. I ran out of time, man. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Chris Hoke, who I caught up with on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, that was fun. Greg Rebel up there, or is not up next. 